Kadiana Dodoi. Mais ça va ou bien? Ça va des chao. Kedi histe? Eh, Mulobila. Kadi is Windemo Chachi. No me la contes. Welcome to Say What by CMF International, where we ask your questions of our guests. Our guest today is Julie Duval Jones, the Director of Missionary Care and Development. Hey, Julie, welcome to Say What. Hey, Jake, great to be here. Yeah, great to have you on this episode of Say What, our fun new series from CMF, where we are going to ask some questions about the Enneagram of you. Yay. Sound good? Sounds yeah. Perfect. So fun. Oh my thing. gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, here we go. We have a handful of questions uh, that I'm really excited to hear your thoughts on. Uh, so let's go ahead and just dive right in. Great. So from one of our uh, folks out on social media, they asked if you could unpack the different stances of the types again. Uh, where are these positive and where can it be kind of unhealthy? Uh, for example, how does it work for a three to be a part of the quote unquote heart triad, but also have the aggressive or assertive stance? I think that they're meaning like it seems like counter to be like a heart driven person, but be aggressive. Aggressive. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, good. Well, somebody's thinking. So that's, so that's yeah. a really great question. Someone's trying to put it all together. So if you use your, um, the triad that you're in, your instinctive triad or your center of intelligence, there are three of those. There's the head, the heart, and the body. So thinking, feeling, and doing. And that's kind of how you process information, how you receive information. So um, some people might think about something. Some people might like feel at first and others are kind of first thing to do is they want to go do something. There's some mm -hmm. action oriented. So that's how we take in information. Your stance, however, is then what you do with it. And it's your movement. So someone in the aggressive stance doesn't mean they're like an aggressive person and they're mean or, you know, trying to get over people. It just okay. means that <laughs> they're forward oriented. They're thinking forward. They're going to go with it. Someone who's mm -hmm. in the um, compliance stance is kind of thinking in the immediate or feeling in the immediate or doing the immediate. And then someone in the withdrawing stance would be thinking kind of backwards, reflecting or feeling from things that happened earlier or thinking about what was done, mm -hmm. doing kind mm -hmm. of living back in those places. So it's your one is how you take in information. The other is where you go with it. Okay. Where you take in information, where you go with it. Okay. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yes, it does. And do you mind saying which numbers again are associated with try with which triad? Not at all. So your threes, sevens, and eights are in your aggressive triad. So they're forward. Their orientation to time is future. They're going forward. They're thinking, feeling, and doing mm -hmm. forward. Then you have one, twos, and sixes who are in the compliant or immediate stance. And they are thinking, feeling, and doing right in the immediate what's what's going on right now. And then you have your fours, fives, and nines who are in with withdrawing stance. And they're thinking, feeling, and doing kind of with a look orientation towards the past. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Okay. So then like with that question, then where does it get maybe unhealthy? You know, I think that was one of the things they were like, what's the positive side of that? And what's the unhealthy side of it? Uh, right, maybe, I think you can keep it within the, like maybe heart triad since that was their question. Sure. Well, anytime that you're off balance, it's mm -hmm. not healthy. The whole point of the Enneagram or any tools to become an integrated person. You want to have balance your thinking, your feeling and doing. You want to balance your reflection, your mm -hmm. presence and your thinking forward. So anytime you're going forward and not processing and not reflecting or thinking how it might affect other people or what's going on right now, that's not healthy. Same as if you're living in the past. 
Mm -hmm. you're not thinking about what's going on right now or what you should be doing Mm -hmm. forward. So anytime any of those things get out of balance, Mm -hmm. I think that would be unhealthy. Yeah. So the healthy approach is having the balance between the three. Right. Okay, cool. All right. Question number two. I think this person knows you. Uh, Uh Again, these are anonymous questions, but they (laughs) said, if you could be any number, what would you be? I wonder if they're critiquing you. I don't know. This was was directed at you, Julie. Uh Uh-oh. Does this have to be other than my own number? I guess. I mean, we can do both. We can play. You're like, I love being a seven, right? Oh, so I I do love being a seven. Like, Uh But here's the thing with sevens. A lot of people think, oh, we're just happy, happy all the time. But we actually do um, have to learn to be comfortable, un- to be uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. We have to mm-hmm. learn to take in anger and sadness. And that's not easy work. Most people's work is to like move from where they are to more positive being. Our work is to like move back into kind of like that, those <laughs> darker times. So it is hard yeah. work. Yeah. Um, Let's see, if I weren't a seven, I think I'd probably want to be a three or an eight because uh-huh. I still like Still want to be idea. aggressive. I still like that <laughs> forward, get it done. Yeah, let's yeah. do it. I, eight, I think eight would probably be my favorite because hmm. they're really such powerhouses and they really take care of their people. But I'd want to be a healthy eight. I don't mm-hmm. want to have, I want to be an eight that knows how to deal with their anger. Not that runs over everybody. Right. No. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Next question. Could you offer us some daily practices for each number that would help us grow and develop? I think they mean like get get towards that healthy place that we're talking about with those numbers. Yeah. I think um I think I talked about this on a prior podcast, but just in Mm -hmm. case people haven't listened, I kind of want to go there again. Yeah. Because I think that the stances are where we can find really good place to grow and practices to help us um to be become more integrated. So if you look at the one, two, sixes, those people in the compliance stance, they're usually thinking repressed. And that means that they're thinking all the time, but it's not necessarily um, linear thinking or helpful Mm -hmm. thinking. It's just kind of like on this treadmill going around and around. So I would think uh, for one, twos and sixes, um, their daily work, their daily practice would be to set a limited time for thinking about a certain topic. Or say a six who likes to go around and ask everybody what they think because they're not sure that their choices would be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, say I'm only going to ask two people about this. Another thing for that for that group is to do the morning pages where you just write your thoughts, get up and just write them down. Doesn't matter if they make sense, complete sentences, no punctuation, no <laughs> grammar, police, and then throw them away just to kind of clear mm-hmm. their heads. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for fours, fives, and nines, those who are in the withdrawing stance. Um, a really helpful practice is just to kind of wake up and decide what am I going to do? What needs to be done? What am I going to do? When and how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. And one thing that would help is for the fours, fives, and nines to make a list of things to do, then each day pick one thing. Hmm. Today, I am going to do my laundry. Today, I am going to turn in that expense report. So just pick one thing a day and then learn to follow through. And when they get to that one thing, then they can add another. And maybe if they go crazy, they could add a third thing. Three things, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then for those in the aggressive stance, three, sevens, and eights, I think it's still just getting in touch with our feelings. We are um, moving so quickly that we don't think about what we're feeling, and then it kind of piles up. So we keep sticking it in that backpack, carrying Mm -hmm. it around through life. So every day to just have a practice of asking, you know, what, what joy is there out there? We're celebrating. Um, what am I not grieving? What anger am I holding on to? 
What fear am I not acknowledging? So those four things, joy, grief, fear, and anger, and to ask ourselves that question every day and kind of unpack that. Man, I love that. Want to ask more questions of my own, but I can't. We got to get to the other ones. Got to keep going. <laughs> so got to keep going. So here we go. When it comes to spiritual formation and our Enneagram types, this kind of harkens back to what we already just touched on here mm -hmm. with question three a little bit. There might be some overlap. So when it comes to spiritual formation and our, and our Enneagram types, could you offer us some points of reflection or reminders for each number or suggested spiritual formation practices that can help guide and encourage us in our pursuit of Jesus? Yeah. Let's see. Um, you know, there's so many that are so good. And a lot of them are good for all of us. But let's see, if I had to do it per Enneagram type, mm -hmm. um, I'd say ones could work on humility, just working on seeing different perspectives, kind of living in the gray, um, kind of seeing that maybe they aren't always right and um, being willing to practice compassion and, you know, asking God to help them become more humble and and see and understand different perspectives i know they love that <laughs> yeah they're gonna really like that you said that <laughs> um i think twos need to practice um well they need to be be honest with themselves and others but also um living in their belovedness really really learning to exist in that belovedness as a beloved son or daughter of god and knowing that their worth is because they belong to you know, they belong to God. They're mm. in Christ. Um, threes, I would say, is thinking more about identity and that their identity is in Christ alone, not in what they do, not in the accolades they receive and all the stuff they get done, but really just, I am worthy because I am in Christ. That's who be, I am. Be gentle. Be gentle. Be gentle. Uh, for us threes <laughs> out there. <laughs> no, it's good. We needed that. Um, fours would be working on being content. You know, fours always feel like something's missing. If, if, if I had this, then it would be better. If this would happen, then life would be better. So just being content with where they are and learning to practice gratitude, um, being thankful for the things that they have, the people they have in their lives, the experiences they've had. So working on gratitude. Um, fives, generosity fives kind of believe that they, they operate from a scarcity mentality feeling like there's not enough time not enough affection not enough whatever money things so they tend to kind of keep it to themselves so fives um, i think in their spiritual practices would be working on generosity and being able to know that there's no scarcity when when um, we're children of god and that god will supply our needs we can give it away because he'll he'll fill it up again tomorrow um, six is probably working on trust, mm. learning to trust God, learning to trust community, um, learning to trust that they'll be taken care of. Mm. Um, sevens, we get sevens. to learn. Uh oh, yeah. What do, you, what, do you, what do sevens get to learn? Huh? We get to learn to lament. A really mm -hmm. good spiritual formation practice for sevens is learning to lament. Mm -hmm. um, we like to skip over this, the hard stuff and say, oh, well, you know, it's bad, but hey, this great thing's happening instead or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, to be able to sit in that and say, I'm sad, God, I'm hurting, I'm, I'm lonely, I'm afraid. Um, 
it's not fun work, but it's really essential. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't like it when sevens are working on their spiritual practice of lament. It's like, you're just not as fun as you used to be. Yeah, what's wrong with you? Let's go right. skydive. Why are you wanting to like throw ashes and sack wear sackcloth? Well, we can skydive too. You just oh, okay. spend a little time with the ashes. Yeah, um, eights, I would say working on release. Eights hmm. like to grab onto things and be in control. Um, and so being able to release to God, let God, that's that cheesy, let go and let God. But I mean, it's a really <laughs> good phrase for eights. Like for eights, huh? You can't control everything and you don't need to control everything. But okay. God's got this. You can relax a little bit. Hmm. Um, nines are a little bit harder because they seem to be just so easygoing and so in touch with God and nature and people. Hmm. Um, but maybe the practice of being aware a little more or even having conviction, um, thinking through some of the tough issues and deciding where they land and, you know, being convicted about uh, action and hmm inaction and allowing God to to not just let them live in the gray where we want the ones to live more in gray we want the nines to see a little more black and white okay hmm. interesting oh thanks yeah. Julie that's really hope that's helpful I hope that's no it will be it will be yeah. okay next question so this is totally random but someone asked where they could get a cool CMF ball cap. They they saw oh, yeah. my, my cool hat, my cool cart CMF hat. And uh but and but that so that's not the actual question, but I did I did th I tweaked this one. Uh, I thought okay, that that did inspire me to want to ask about dress as well as personal space. Okay. It seems kind of random a little bit, but um, do you find the way people dress or present themselves is kind of like reflective of their number? And then I also was thinking about like personal space, like, uh, the same way, like with their homes or their workspaces, mm -hmm. uh, if, if so, like what would be even in healthy ways to reflect your number, uh, into the world around us? I, that's kind of weird, random maybe, Ooh. but I don't know. What do you think? I kind of like that question because. As you guys, as you can probably guess, Jake and everyone else, I'm like always trying to guess people's numbers. It's not even like it's not even like a conscious thing. I'm just observing people and going, oh, they fall here. They probably fall there. Yeah. Just how I see blue eyes, brown eyes. Right. Year five, year right. one. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. anyway, um, I think I think in some ways, probably yes. And then other ways, completely no. So if we were if we were going to like scientifically back this response. I right. would totally lose. But yeah. do I need to put a disclaimer in? We are not yeah. scientifically We're just <laughs> doing talking research. About perception. Yeah. I yeah. think, you know, I think you can tell a four-ish because they really want to usually want to stand out and show the creativity. So they'll always have a little funk or something. A little feather Although boa. Sevens do that too sometimes. <laughs> yeah. so. Sevens and fours wear feather boas around. Just they might, especially they if they're going to a Harry Styles concert. But um <laughs> You know, ones are a little more put together. If I have the shirt tucked in, the business clothes, mm. their house is usually pretty orderly and organized. Mm -hmm. Not always. Um, fives tend to be cluttered, though. Um, mm. More often than not, they tend to be more the like absent-minded professor with stacks of paper and things here and there. And mm -hmm. physical appearance isn't usually, not always. So um, there's some really nice sure, stuff. Sure. You got the fives out there, but physical appearance isn't usually at the top of their list. Of yeah. These are generalizations. Right. Sure. Twos are always going to be set up for hosting. 
there is going to have the you know the place where you feel comfy they might have a little sign to say welcome to our home and you know yeah be, yeah. be ready to, to take care of what, people eights are gonna have like a boxing ring in the middle of their house like what? <laughs> um actually i do know an eight that has a punching bag so yeah. okay okay <laughs> might not be too far off yeah and what about sixes is it what, what do you know uh, i feel like they would have like you know two or three locks on the front door and uh -huh, maybe you know intriguing. safety bars if they're up yeah. too high and yeah fire extinguisher definitely <laughs> <laughs> and what about nines oh uh, nines is just gonna be a chill place probably comfy big tv lots of books yeah snacks nice. they could hibernate nines they probably some nines probably never even noticed that we were in quarantine during covid they're like oh i didn't know <laughs> this is me. what i do all the time just uh, kidding there's some really great healthy mm -hmm. nines out there mm -hmm. so i had heard before and this is kind of tied to this uh, is uh, certain kind of job types, sometimes people, people's number is reflective. You mentioned this, like the mm -hmm. absent-minded professor type um, idea. So that maybe is where I took the person's question and reflected it. Like if there were certain styles of jobs that a three would be intrigued by because they might be more like appearance oriented or yeah. they're like, is it a meritocracy? You know, they, so it's like wearing uniforms and things like that. So everybody can see all the threeness on my right. chest. Your insignias. Yeah. Uh, is that sometimes true? I think you it's true. Even here in the office, I've done like a little, little classification of people in the different divisions and you find, you know, mm -hmm. finance or more of the six and nines is kind mm -hmm. of nines is what's a nine. Nines sixes <laughs> and nines and mm -hmm. you want, you know, ones as people are thinking through yeah. numbers. And then you look at the fields team. Those are the more aggressive numbers. People are out there with people mm -hmm. who are, you know, moving and, yeah. and have communications and they're very, they're creative and there's a lot of fours in communication. Yeah. So they're all wearing feather boas to work. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I better, I better see some of them wearing a feather boa after hearing this episode. I'll tell Michaela. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Of course, we don't really know. We can't really know, but if you could Enneagram type some of the people in the Bible, where would you see them being typed? Oh, I do this all the time. You, you know? do? You like we reading? Do this like, oh when I watch God. movies. I do. Yeah. I think about the Bible. Um, I've always thought Peter would be a seven hmm. because he's so like impulsive. Mm -hmm. No, not you, not you, Lord, and chopping up people's ears. And <laughs> I won't deny you. Okay, well, I denied you, but you know, he's just kind of yeah. I'm back. Hey, <laughs> real yeah. impulsive, and he doesn't yeah. seem even when he gets gets knocked down, he kind of just like keeps coming back up. So, mm -hmm. um, I think of Paul as a three. Because he's always saying, I am the chief of this and the best of that. And I you know he kind of brags on himself a lot. Yeah. Um, not that he didn't earn it, but. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, yeah. Talk to the stripes on his back. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. yeah. 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 He earned it. He earned it. <laughs> um, I think David is kind of a four King David because he was always fine. He was so authentic with his emotions, no matter what they were. He danced before God. He was, mm. you know, sad. God, you've forgotten me. Um. Martha's obviously a two. Yeah, <laughs> poor Martha. <laughs> poor Martha. She's just serving away. Yeah. People always ask me about Jesus. I mean, things I mean, kind of. Is he like, supposed to have all nine, right? I, I say he had all nine, but I think he's probably, if he's anything, he's a nine. I mean, he's a prince of yeah. peace, a peacemaker. Right. Just a really, really healthy nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like God, God like healthy like nine. God, <laughs> right. <healthy> nine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I guess that makes sense. Okay, fun. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, okay. Next question. Uh, yeah. When do you think is a good time to help your kids start typing themselves on the Enneagram? Oh yeah. This is a hard one. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they really say it's not good to type your children. Um, mm -hmm. Even psychology tells us that a kid's personality, a human's personality doesn't really form until about those college years. So between 18 mm -hmm. and 22 is kind of where we are there is kind of who we're going to be the rest of our lives. It, it, of course, we're born with part of a personality. About 8 to 12, it kind of really starts taking shape. And then 18 to 22, it settles. Okay. Um, so I think you can have an idea of how your child is acting at a time. So maybe during this period, they're acting more like a four. So you might want to use four um, parenting tactics for to understand them questions, or, you know, maybe they're a one, you want to help them to not have a performance-based identity. But I wouldn't go so far as to give them a title, to give them a number until they're old enough to, to identify themselves. Like, yeah, um, probably, probably it, sometime in the college age would be a better time to do yeah, that. Yeah. Using Enneagram wisdom, you always need to identify yourself because it's not your behavior, it's your motivations. And mm -hmm. no one knows your motivations but you. That's right. Okay. Like our son Drew, he was, mm -hmm. he acted like a one his whole life. And because we're an Enneagram family, you know, we talked about him being a one all through his teenage years. Mm -hmm. And then when he got out of college, he's like, I think I'm a nine. And, mm. and he was right. So we'd called him a one all his years. He was a nine with very strong one behavior. Which is so. a very nine thing to do, right? Isn't like to not, not argue with you guys about it. <laughs> like, Just okay. Like, okay. Yeah, right. yeah, sure. Okay. Okay, so next question. What is your go-to book and podcast right now on the Enneagram? Um, my podcast is always Suzanne Stabile's Enneagram Journey. I I just she's so full of wisdom and can communicate truths so simply and easily mm -hmm. to understand. Mm -hmm. okay. Um my book right now is The Story of You by Ian Cron. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is not the awesome. road back to you. It's yeah. a story of you. And the reason I love it is because it takes each number and shows like a, a, through a story form, through a narrative form, the transformation that's possible for each number, like what integration looks like as we yeah. move from brokenness to wholeness in that number. Yeah. It's really okay, beautiful. Cool. Okay. Last question. Working on a team is tricky. It's always tricky, especially oh, yeah. a ministry team. Uh, but where can the Enneagram help our teams and what are some, uh, some of the new resources you're offering? You, Julie, are offering yeah. for our teams around the world. Ooh, this is a timely, this is yeah, a timely question. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, to answer the first part of that question, I think the Enneagram is super helpful because it helps us see the world through different perspectives, through somebody else's lens. Believe it or not, not everyone sees the world just like you do or I do. Mm -hmm. um, so it helps us have like compassion for other people. And it helps us have kind of a common language that we can use when we're talking about growing and interacting with each other. So that's a one way I think it's super helpful. Um, but I just finished a training uh, with for the IEQ nine tools for teams. And so this is a really great tool, probably one of the best tools I've ever seen for teams. They um, take a, an Enneagram professional Enneagram report for each member of the team. And then they combine that using some math that I don't even begin to understand. <laughs> Higher math. But I did hear fractals and gestalts, whatever that means. I don't have any idea. Oh, yeah. Maybe but anyway, they do all this math and they generate a team report specifically for your team. So they take in leaders influence and they take in not only the, the numbers, like motivations of the people in the team, but also their behaviors, their behaviors. Because oh. each of us, 
may have one motivation, but we can act several different ways. So they take all that and create this report and it comes back with like the team's strengths and weaknesses, um, shows teams what's missing. You, your teams may be focusing here and you're missing these things. Um, it can show you potential like polarities, points of friction within the team and what can happen if those aren't managed well, but what could happen if they are managed well and they're create, you know, greater synergy together. I mean, that sounds um, huge right there. That's it's huge. It shows you communi yeah. communication, conflict patterns, um, tools to move forward so that the team's more integrated and high performing. I, I think it's a, a really fabulous tool and I'm really looking forward to using it with some of our teams. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Well, yeah. if you are a, if you are a CMF missionary listening to this podcast, you definitely need to ask Julie about that uh, for your yeah. team. And is this something that supporters or other folks that might be listening could even reach out to you about, or at least oh, sure. you know, find out where the research resources would be for this team? Sure. Component? If anyone's interested in doing this with their team, CMF or non-CMF, feel free to contact me. And as a trained facilitator, I can make that happen. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Julie Duval-Jones, Director of Missionary Care and Development, for being on Say What today. Really appreciate welcome, you Jake. and all your answers. Uh, obviously, this was a very uh, dense amount of information in a short amount of time. Uh, so this is one of those ones where you're going to need to go back and listen to all the things that Julie threw out at you guys. Uh, thank you for this time. And thanks for listening to this episode of Say What, all you listeners out there. Be sure to submit your questions for our next guest coming up next month. And remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Fellowship Podcast so more people can hear about what God is doing around the world and how they can be plugged in with it. Buena, loco.